Damn it! Why? It's just not fair. We don't lose at the gabatoire. Just as I was starting to feel good, just as I was starting to be content, just when things were starting to look up and I was feeling safe, all protocols were being followed. The Indian HR department, consisting of Rishabh Pant, Washington Sundar, and Shiteshwar Pajara. They come knocking on the door and they put us in our place. Now I'm scared to do anything. Please send help. SOS. Big time. We can't even find safety in the Nets Big Three. I'm searching for safety. I look to the Big Three in Brooklyn. Kyrie comes back from his hiatus and everything seems fine. Finally safety. Hang on. Wait a second. Colin Sexton has other ideas. Who is that? I've never heard of the name. Shit! <laughs> My name is Bailey Parker, and I'm joined here by none other than Tom Dore. You're listening to the Holy Grail Podcast. We come to you live from the slightly safer arena that is our humble abode. We are actually currently joined by our first ever guest. A man who knows only how to pull beers, but not winnings from the punt. A bloke who has the ability to hit, hit a low draw still manages to get a high fade and a gentle soul who if given the opportunity would trade his younger brother for a signed lamello ball jersey facts <laughs> none other than the man himself dj amac <laughs> angus james mclaughlin how are you mate oh, i'm very well thanks boys thanks for having me on the podcast i'm um, surprised it took you this long to get me on what is it like <laughs> this is episode number five or six now is it oh yeah i'm four, surprised it even took that long but Thanks for getting me in here, boys. I uh, appreciate the call up and yeah, just just happy to get a jersey, happy to get a baggy holy grail at the end of the day. So yeah. thanks for having me. Maybe we'll have to get some merch out. Some yeah, baggy I reckon. Baggy. <laughs> no, it's a pleasure to have you here, Gus. Um, we've thanks, been boys. looking forward to having you on. Um, the better housemate didn't get it on, so down the coast somewhere. But <laughs> <laughs> no, what's on the agenda today, Tom? Oh, we're going to cover a fair bit, Parks. Um, just generally... I mean, Australia and India, like, where do we start? We could honestly sit here for four hours just discussing how it happened. I mean, are we shit? Are India just awesome? Um, I don't really know. Um, and then we're going to get into a bit of Big Bash gear, as always. It just keeps on keeping on, as it always does. And it seemingly always will. Yeah. Uh, we'll touch on Joe Root. He seems to think that... He's proven us wrong. We've it was only what last week I reckon that we said no, nah, no way he's one of the big boys. Just does not even come close. But he's scored a double century in England's win over Sri Lanka. But does it really count? Don't know. Obviously, we're going to touch on just the absolute circus, which is the Brooklyn Nets. They just make headlines. They land James Harden. It, will it be enough to convince Kyrie to keep playing? I don't know. Um, Parks and Gussie will discuss that. And we'll touch on the Oz Open, a little bit of NFL. I've got no idea. And also, just to top off 2020-21, um, apparently the Olympics are cancelled too. So I guess some people might care about that. But yeah, we'll cover it all. We'll cover it all. So we best get into it. And we best yeah. we best face the music. Uh, you'd you'd love to say say that you've been uh, you've been good off the back foot all your life, but now's the time to really face the sweet chili chin music. And um, let's talk about the test match, the series. 
Gentlemen, do you mind if I start with a little bit of a history lesson? Yep. So this history lesson's brought to you by our great friends, our genuinely great friends at uh, KFC Ferry Meadow. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out, who we currently live literally 300 metres away from and have to drive past every time we uh, come home. So they've been keeping us fed and healthy for the last... Uh, what, two or three weeks have been living here. Yeah, so yeah. any duty managers of uh, KFC Ferry Meadow, if you're listening right now, you know where to find us. Yeah, yeah. you know where to find <laughs> us. 54 Cabbage Tree. Uh, We're locals. Give us a, I don't know, send us a bit of free gear, a bit of free food. Yeah. We take it. Anyway. Maybe some Port Adelaide gear because they're, you know, mm. the sponsorship. KFC, I like it. I like it. Yeah, let's get it going. Yeah. So our history lesson. So... This is the first loss that Australia have had at the Gabba, the Gabbatoir. The Gabbatoir. Um, since 1988. That was the bicentennial. It was the bicentennial yeah. year. So that was the back end of the magnificent, great, elite West Indies era. Yep. So that was at the back end of that where, look, Australia used to lose back then, I think. During our lifetime, Australia's never really lost. No. And they've certainly haven't lost the Gabba for 31 years. So I, it just draws, losing this test and in the fashion that we did lose it, it just draws parallels to another test match loss that absolutely rocked a nation. So I want to take you back to 1882, the 29th of August. England lost their first ever match on home soil at the Oval, and it was to Australia. Ever. Ever. So this is 1882. Oh, um, 82. I thought you said 82. Well, I meant 82. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Sporting sorry. Times, uh, this is quoting Wikipedia, carried a mock obituary of English cricket, which concluded that English cricket has died on this day, and the body will be cremated... And the ashes taken to Australia. There you go. Hence starting the ashes. Yep. <laughs> should the Gabbers, should we pull out a few of those maroon, yellow and off blue seats yep. and somehow melt them into some sort of thing that maybe looks so like... A few of the, so a few of the stumps in there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe looks like Chiteshwar Pajara's face or Rishabh Pant's, I don't know, hands. Just make it, ma- make it, make an O, <laughs> Richard Pant's belly, yeah. After eating a few of Stark's pies. Um, <laughs> and should that be the new Ashes? Because I think this is a seriously bad loss. And this is, mm. is it as bad? Is it the death of Australian cricket? I don't know, but is it the death of Australian cricket as we know it? Well, maybe. Well, I mean, a lot of, a lot of uh, talk throughout the series was that uh, whether we value the border... Gavaskar trophy more than the Ashes. Now, the Ashes, no doubt, will be and always will be the prime of an Australian or English summer. Um, however, it always seems to be the closer test match and test series between India and Australia. Um, hence the conversation coming up. And obviously with England, Australia and India being the big three, um, 
until New Zealand took top test team. Well, up until uh, three weeks ago, the yeah. only three that were ever even counted. I didn't think yeah. anyone else actually played tests. Well, New you Zealand even played look, like two a year. We even looked. I was, I was listening to our great friends, the great cricketer today, uh, on my fourteen-hour round trip. Um, they just mentioned they were talking to Tim Southey, and Tim Southey took his, uh, I think it was his four hundredth test wicket or something like that, and it took. Double the amount of games, or no, you only double just, the amount of years. Double the amount of years. That's yep. the one, but just played the same amount of tests as Nathan Lyon, who had just played his hundredth test in the, at the Gabba, and it's purely based on the fact that New Zealand play half the amount of test matches that Australia, England, and uh, India do, mm. and so it's always has always has been the big three, and when it's pretty obvious when I mean. West Indies come along and they're playing Bangladesh. No one really gives a shit. Um, unless they get absolutely pummeled like they did the other, other day. I think they're in trouble tonight as well. <laughs> so they're going to lose back-to-back um, tests. Back-to-back one days. But when we look at the Ashes, you know, we take a lot, of, a lot of merit on how people are going, how cricketers are going in the Ashes according to how they're playing. And so do we take the same kind of pressure and merit into this trophy, I feel like we, sh- we have to. Because mm. some would argue that that's an India C team. Because there's a lot of blokes that are coming in front of Washington Sundar who just made one of Australia's best bowling quartets look silly. Apart Sh- from Pat Cummins. Shadow Tucker, <laughs> who <laughs> was bowling really well. Like, the dude's been literally plucked off the streets like mm. he's 29 years old he's played one test match before and the poor dude bowled 10 balls and popped his calf yeah. so it's essentially his on debut as a bowler but as what he's about as seven bat. he's seven seventh or eighth fast bowler in mm. the, in the ranks yeah and he's come out and taken seven wickets been the best bowler other than paddy cummins who is the only person doing anything. Yeah. And then he comes out and makes 70. Like that Washington yeah. Sundar Taco yeah. um, partnership was, that was the difference. That was unreal, yeah. 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 Well, quick question here. Do you reckon the seventh or eighth best bowler in Australian test cricket is? How, how good's our depth, you reckon? Well, I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. I mean, you've got the likes of Jimmy Pattinson, who's injured at the moment, yeah. and then Michael Neeser and Sean Abbott and John Richardson's in the, in the mix. But then, you know, where do you go from there? We're just yeah. so used to the big three. Yeah. yeah. Where's we, we Jim Faulkner? Just rely on him. <laughs> He's been done. He hasn't <laughs> played a first-class game in I eight miss years. him, all right? Justin He's Bird. safe. <laughs> Get Justin, Justin Bird, Bird back yeah. No. Jason Berendorf. <laughs> um, nah, it's, it's... balls, brother. It's yeah. an interesting one. Jake Ball. Uh, he's an Englishman, so that's yeah. going to be tough. Oh, well, he's playing over there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I just... Even though... I would think these players, like Jai Richardson, I think is a really, really good bowler, but will he come in essentially on his test match debut and make 70, a key 70 runs with the bat bat and take seven wickets and be the best bowler on... Yeah, it's just... Look, I'd back him to be one of the best bowlers because on his day, he's a very, very good bowler. Um, And he's shown that when he did actually make his test debut. Yeah. Um, However, with the bat... I wouldn't trust him across the road. Mm. So, 
you know, on, like on Indian depth though, um, Greg Chappell said words to the effect of, if India get their shit together and get um, development pathways that are anything like an England or an Australia, yeah, then they would have the best five teams in the world. 100%. Oh. And this is coming from a man who, I think, say circa 2010 or thereabouts, was the coach of India. So he's been over there, mm. he's seen cricket, he's seen the pathways, and he reckons that if they can get, if they can get them right and they can actually nurture this talent right... Like, Mohamed Siraj was playing tennis ball cricket up until he was 20. Yeah. And he's now 25 or 6... And leading the Indian attack, doing really, really well, <laughs> really well. Yeah, oh. they do have one billion people. One point three. One point three billion. That's with so, a B. And which which ninety eight percent of play cricket <laughs> and love cricket. And love Just it. Love it. Love it. There's no one in India that I think plays like or is like not somewhat interested in cricket. Mm. I mean, everyone in India is just. Interesting to create because basically, because it's the sport that they're good at, yeah. And like, I suppose with Australia, you've got so many different avenues, but there's still so many people that are good cricketers. Mm. Yet, when it comes to the big stage and a couple of people fail, you're where's looking at the bottom of the barrel going, Oh, I don't know about that, yeah, yeah. So, um, so also the great cricketer floated is it the essentially age of India, like. Oh. Are we potentially yeah. seeing the start of an age of Indian dominance? Like, are they starting to, as Chapel said, get their shit together? Well, if Shubman Gill's the face of that, I'm all about it. <laughs> Look out. He is an absolute superstar. Gilly. So good. <laughs> and just quietly on Shubman Gill while we're on it, I was really hoping this would come up early. So, Shubman Gill, in his second test match, has Made 91 opening the batting. They're chasing, what was it, 324? 328. 328. He's opened the batting. He's made 91. Literally, his innings, like he took Stark to the absolute cleaners. And it was that point where they took 20 runs off that over that you went, holy, they're actually in this. Like they are a genuine chance of winning this. Um, You look at um, Foxtel's win biz uh, at the start of that day. (laughs) Australia was sitting at about... 38%. 38%. Yeah. Draw, what, 61%. So India were 1%. Yeah. yeah. They were not a shot in hell. Nothing. And they've done it by 30 balls. Comfortably, yeah. <laughs> and so Shubman Gill has played this absolute weldy innings in what I think will go down as India's greatest test victory. Like, blokes like Sunil Gavaskar, who is, just for some context, like, he is the first big boy of Indian cricket. Like, he is absolute royalty legend. He's up there with Tendulkar, Kohli, Dhoni. Yeah. Um, he, according to him, he said it was probably the best test victory ever in Indian history. And Shubman Gill's key role in this, opening the batting, second test, made 91. His dad came out in the papers the next day, said, <laughs> he threw it away. Threw his wicket away. Should have made 100. <laughs> He's no, he batted well. We're very proud of him. It's just yeah, it wasn't real. It wasn't that good. Nah. He didn't make a hundred. He, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed in the way that he threw his wicket away. He got a good pill. He had just the first slip. He, oh, Jesus Christ, that's some serious daddy issues. That is some serious daddy issues. Yeah, yeah honestly, if making ninety odd, um, 
making 90 odd in a test doesn't please your old man like just just give up I don't know what we were like <laughs> well I mean to, on the topic of uh, whether it was uh, India's greatest test victory or not you'd have to you, you have to have an argument for it because yeah. you look at their side and they are eight or nine short of their top strength side at this current day yeah. and like Washington Sundar and a couple of other boys, they don't get a gig normally. No. They're, they're like a Michael Neeser who's kind of just sitting on the outer waiting for his go. They're not even, they're IPL kids. Yeah. This is like a, mm. I don't know, who's the young, like this is like picking a Benny McDermott who's played shield cricket for five years mm. and not made a test, not made a century mm. in shield cricket. He's made one first class now because he made 100 against Pritvi Shaw and Mike Agarwal bowling offies in an Australia A game. But that's like picking him yeah. in the one-day squad, keeping him around. Yeah. Everyone else falls off, drops off the perch, and then you put him in, yeah. and he gets pretty much best on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, yeah. They just killed it. They were completely fearless, I reckon. Yeah. Um, and I think you've just we've just got to sit back and, at some point, oh. say, they're good. They are good. And it's, what, three days has passed, and I'm still struggling to come to terms with yeah, the fact, yeah. but I was just sitting there and just watching Richard Pant just make fun of <laughs> what three weeks ago we thought might have been in the conversation for the best oh. Australian bowling attack ever. Yeah. It, still, it still should be. Like, yeah. He has just made an absolute mockery of them. I mean, just, yeah. yeah, we talk about India's C-grade C bowling lineup. They managed to take 10 wickets on a day four pitch and Australia has three of the, statistically three of the top 10 best pace bowlers in the world and the greatest off spinner in Australian history and we can't even take 10 wickets on a day five pitch. Maybe maybe everyone just needs to bowl with tennis balls until they're 21 (laughs) and maybe we might have a chance of beating India. I don't know. Maybe we're doing it all wrong. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe Cam Green's not destined to be a bowler. He's going to have to be a batsman. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know I'm rattled <laughs> No he's bowling 140s Keep him in there That's <laughs> all you gotta he's do bowling heat <laughs> So We've gone over The Indian career team They're good They are good They've got a couple of Really good young fellas Coming through the mix That are just gonna make Indian The Asian era That subcontinent era Just a little bit Hard to deal with And how good is Pajara How oh. gutsy Is that man Like <laughs> I just Stood there I just was watching For the whole series, just like, oh, this dude looks ordinary. We like, talking about it off the square. Yeah, he's just getting hit by short balls. Joshy Hazelwood's bloody giving him lip. Mm. We talk about we talk <sighs> about Neil Wagner and Matthew Wade. Matthew Wade being yeah. a hard ass in that New Zealand uh, series over here with that pink ball. Like Neil Wagner, just every ball was just short, short, short. Tell you what, I'd much rather face Neil Wagner coming at me over the wicket than Mitchell Stark. Just coming around the wicket, 145 clicks. Yeah, he's not bowling the best line in his life, but it's still 145 clicks past your your head. So And Neil Wagner bowls, what, say 135. He might touch 140. Yeah. They, he was facing short stuff for half the day yeah. from Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark, who were all well and truly over 140. Yeah. Stark pushing 145. 150 and just like just wearing it like an absolute champion just and you've also got to point out too 
Mitchell Stark, Joshy Hazelwood, they're all 6'5", 6'6", fellas. Mm. So they don't necessarily need to lose a lot of pace off the wicket no. to get the ball to pop up. Yeah. Neil Wagner's throwing it into the oh, wicket yeah, from absolutely. down to six foot. So he's losing a lot of pace off the wicket. So Bajara's copping these balls at 100, 125, 30 by the time the ball, pace has come off the ball. That's a that's hard, and that hurts, yeah. and that rattles you, but he stays in there the whole and as, time. As frustrating as Pajara's innings was to watch at times, he got that fourth innings run chase to a point where India couldn't lose the game. Mm. They He batted essentially mm. Australia out of it and allowed... Well, you saw Rahani come in and just whack 24 off 22 or whatever. Like When he came out and did that, you went, these boys are going for it. Like They're going for the win, and they send Pant out... And he does the same thing, and they just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. Got there. And one of the gutsiest hacks I've ever seen from Richard Pant, but all composed, got there in the end. And you know what? You've got to take your hat off to him. Oh, he was yeah. brilliant. And even in that fourth test, we didn't get a chance to talk about the last day of the fourth test. Yeah. But his innings there as well, his 97, and it was Pajara as well. Again, they saved that test match. Yeah. Um, and so Australia had two chances essentially to take to win this series. Last day, best bowling quartet in the world. Just couldn't do it. Yeah. Just couldn't do it. So I think that leads well into my next question. So we've got the best bowling quartet possibly in Australian history, uh, I believe, in the world currently. Um, so why couldn't we get 10 wickets on, on the day? My opinion is our plan of bowling to them. Mm-hmm. Now we've, uh, we've bowled, this is their fourth test of the, se- uh, of the series. It's the last test. And we know the Gabba does a little bit later in the, in, the, yeah. um, in the test match, you know, day four, day five. And the second that that day five pitch didn't offer as much as they were hoping, their plan just went out the gate. And all of a sudden, we talk about that short pitch bowling, and they're, they're just constantly doing the same thing to Bajara. He's faced 230 balls of short pitch bowling, and he hasn't gotten out yet. He's, lo- he's looked a bit shaky at times, but he hasn't got out yet. Something tells me that your plan's not working, champion. Fix it. And you've almost got to talk about the difference between Darren Lehman and Justin Langer and their coaching approaches. Justin Langer, the nice guy, a bit of banter, but it's all friendly and we're all mates and we get along. We go about the test match together. Darren Lehman's like, bounce the fucker. (laughs) Hurt him. We're not mates. Hit the fucking ball. That's all, that's all it is. And so do we need, do we need someone to, you know, push Langer out the road and go, Boys, let's hurt some people. We've got the best bowling quartet in the world. Why can't we just hurt someone and almost bully them out of the attack? Because it wasn't working Stomp their against guts India. Stomp their guts out. Maybe, just maybe go back Roy. To that, just go back to mid, uh, early to mid-2000s Australia where we just outfit them and dominated them. And maybe that'll work. Yeah. So, yeah. Is that the option, or right? Is Tim Payne not not providing enough anger and aggression, and is he just playing the test to 
the conditions at the time and mm. you know it's and then it, then it goes back to our batting is our batting not not working like we've got quote unquote one of the best test batsmen in the world in Steve Smith Marnus Labuschagne's working his way up there very quickly David Warner's possibly the one of the best openers that Australia's ever seen yep. and we've got a couple of young guns that are Killing it, in the it, shield. It shouldn't be too hard to fill in the other three spots. The only one that's missing really is that number five. Matty Wade hasn't been playing that great at cricket. Travis Head's probably a bit mm. stiff to m- miss out, you know. But like, we can't be that bad, and no. we're declaring a three twenty eight, getting sucked into that declaration to get try and get that win on that last day. Which, to be fair, we had to do. We had to go the win. We had to go the win. Otherwise, they'll win. India were winning anyway, but. At what point is there not enough time to bowl a team out mm. with the best bowling quartet in Australian history? I've so got, yeah, I've got a couple of points for that. I think so. They got a little bit unlucky. They lost a few overs. They probably lost say ten to fifteen overs with that rain delay there late. So they should have had a go at them for I think it was an hour and a half or thereabouts um, late on day four. Rain came in. That's test cricket. Rain was always going to come in. Yep. Um, but they got a full last day to get at him. It was an absolute humdinger of a day. Yeah. It was a perfect day. My, I thought that, and we discussed this earlier, Parks, that leg theory that they were going with to Pajara especially and a little bit to Gill, where they would just get the short leg and everyone in and they were just bowling short to him. Yeah. As you said, Pajara chewed up 250 balls or whatever it was. Probably 150 of them were at his throat or head. Yeah. But it wasn't getting him out. And we were saying, how many times during the whole series did you see someone get caught at short leg? Or see an actual batsman. I reckon I saw maybe yeah, two top, or three bowlers. Yeah. Two or three bowlers sort of caught at a bat pad, like yeah. short leg, sealing it off. I didn't see one batsman. No. Everyone nicked off to pain all the slips cord. Exactly. Everyone. And then they went for about two hours on the last day with a newish ball. Yeah, bowling short. Bowling short. You, you look at that thirty. Was it thirty six? All out thirty. All yeah. out thirty six at the Adelaide Oval. You look look through the uh, the highlights of that. All the wickets caught behind. Caught behind. Everything's caught just everything's just hitting the top. Ba- just, the off bail. Yeah, that's how they got him out. Yeah. It's not even that. It's you've got a new ball, and this is something that I just couldn't fathom why we can't do it. Uh, we've got Mitchell Stark, who yeah, he's not the best touch ever. Joshy Hazelwood's a great swing bowler. We're not swinging the new rock. Mm. And old mate who's they've pulled off the street, what's his name? The uh, left oh, armor. What's his name? Siraj. Siraj. Is it Siraj? No, the left no, armor. Oh, oh, oh Natarajan. 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 He's swinging around corners. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> Mitchell Stark bowls so much quicker, that slinging action that swings the ball away from the left hander into the right hander. What? He's not moving it even an inch. Tarkor was getting swing too. Shuttle it's Tarkor. like. What are we doing wrong? Well, and so we, why we don't have we... any we don't have any sandpaper, man. I yeah. know, I know, <laughs> I know, but we can't discuss that. <laughs> That's hush hush. No one knew about it except Warner Bancroft and Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Bowlers never knew anything about it. <laughs> anyway, um but yeah, you just gotta question the I think you gotta question the coaching decisions yeah. as a whole, not just Justin Leah, mm. the whole the bowling coaching, all the, all the, all the analytics. You wonder yeah. if there's too much analytics in it. And well, if we, you just go back to hitting the top of off. These blokes get paid to watch film most of their bloody life. Mm. 
and they can't pick up that the first three tests, they've been bowling that top of off just a fraction back of a length. It, Shane Warne talks about it. In that first innings in that Adelaide test, Paddy Cummins and Joshy Hazelwood were just about a handkerchief like short yeah. of where the ball needed to be. Pitch it up just that little bit fuller, they'll snick off. Next thing you know, all out for 36. And, and they were all snicked off. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Let's make sure we pitch the ball up. No, we're going to dig it into their fucking heads yep. and hope that that works. Another thing, like Payne cap, Payne's captaincy, I think Payne, firstly, has done an unbelievable job yeah. since the Sandpaper Gate, um, all that sort of stuff. Couldn't agree more. I just wonder if you saw it at maybe like Headingley, um, there during the Ashes when Ben Stokes just went off and Australia again lost an unlosable test. Yeah. Um, you, whether you saw it this time. Payne hasn't had any captaincy experience mm. from, like maybe he did a bit in juniors, but like he's never been a shield captain. And I don't think anyone in the Australian side outside of Stephen Smith has any captaincy experience. Even like Marnus might have done like Bulls under 19s or something, but... Yeah. It's not much. So, like, whether Trav they just... been a captain Trav in, Head, in a BBL team. And no, no. In fairness, shield. Travis Head's been a shield captain since he was yeah. 21. For so, South for South Australia, who <laughs> suck. Um, but... Hey, plus. Five plus Warrell, sorry, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, Get respect on the name. But, yeah, I just wonder if maybe they... But, I don't know. It shouldn't be that hard to run a message out. No. They've got it. They had 14 people sitting on the bench in fluoro vests. Surely, if Langer yeah. wanted to say something, you'd send it out, but... I just wonder if there was a little bit of lack of experience in that actual captaincy thing with those sort of strategies and what they were trying to do with that. And, and I think I'll, they just went a bit hard, a bit too long. Yeah. And I wonder if um, it also comes down to the fact that in that third test, Payne dropped a few catches in that last innings. And then he got a little bit wordy, mouthy with uh, uh, Ravi Ashwin. Mm. Um, and whether that had a had an effect on the way he was attacking his own game. Because as a wiki keeper, you've got a lot going on. You've got to worry about what ball's coming next. You're always talking to your bowler. You know what's got happening there. And then you're starting to lose track of where you're at with your game and, and stuff like that. So I wonder if that took a bit of an effect on him in that fourth test and whether it actually got to a point in that last day where Payne is like, oh, I'm in trouble here. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And the other thing is, as a wicketkeeper, as, you know, not talking from experience in my fourth grade Wollongong team. <laughs> Oakland's but, career club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Oakland's career club, uh, twos. Um, you do need to actually bring the energy and get the team up. Yeah. And I think that that's another thing that you need to do. And so to be focusing on setting fields, coming up with plans with your bowlers, doing all this sort of stuff, like... You see Kane Williamson, he's the captain, and he just fields at mid-off and is just always fielded at mid-off. Yeah. And he just shines the ball, talks to Tim Southie, says, yeah, well, are you happy with your field or we'll change this, change that? It's like, a very good spot to field. It would be a lot easier to do that. I'm, mm. And I'm just saying, like, it's, yeah, I think it would be a lot easier to do that yeah. than wicketkeeping keep and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, there were some interesting... So we've talked about Greg Chappell's words, and this is from... Ian Chappell, old Chappelle. So this was a comment that he made on ABC Grandstand, which is generally the most G-rated cricket commentary you'll ever find. Yes. <laughs> and he said, I don't know who wrote it, but many, many years ago, I saw it. 
Good captaincy is like good pornography. It's very hard to define, but you know it when you see it. <laughs> That's such a what? thing to say. <laughs> what? <laughs> so that was in reference to, I'm not really sure exactly what it was, but uh, I think whatever Ajinka Rahani did was very good and whatever Tim Payne did wasn't quite, wasn't, up, to wasn't quite up to scratch. But that was, was the, that was the analogy he used, which I just thought was a little, little interesting one. Wasn't what Ian put in his Google search. <laughs> so Oh shit, this isn't Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where to now? So we're heading to South Africa, or so South Africa think. Um, yeah. They've come out today and said it was meant to be Feb-March and they're hoping it will now be sort of March-April yeah. time that we head to South Africa yeah. for a uh, test series. Um, so we need to try and sort of recover and rebuild this. Like we've got a bit to recover from just, I don't know. Our nation's psyche has been really dented after yeah. uh, what happened on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Um, and remembering what happened last time we were in South Africa, that makes me really scared. Oh, that does. <laughs> it, and you can see why David Warner hurt his groin. Um, he, he had a look at the schedule coming up. Um, he didn't want to. No one wants to be in a hub in South Africa with Quinton de Kock just getting incredibly lippy. Anrik Norkia bowling absolute wheels. Kagiso Rabada hey, like like clicking gas. like 150, 155 oh. on bouncy Durban wickets, um, which are essentially the Gabba but on steroids. Yeah. Uh, Forget the Gabba With no. With high altitude and no uh, air resistance, so they, yeah. whatever you think is quick here is quicker there, um, and yeah. So I don't know. It'll be an interesting one to see how we go. Do you know what sort of team we might take, Parks and Gussie well, to South Africa in a month or so? Well, obviously, I'd like to see Will Pukowski back in. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And and have have a backup opening. Batsman, I actually don't mind the idea of Aaron Finch if he finds some Ooh, form. I disagree. Controversial. Actually, actually, some form. actually, sorry, just on that Let's one. On. Um, so I literally read this afternoon because I've had nothing to do for the last <laughs> two days. So I've literally just been researching for this exact podcast. Yeah. Um, as of today, Finchie and Maxi, so Aaron Finch and Glenn Maxwell have more or less been informed that they're unlikely to ever play Shield cricket for Victoria again. Really. Victoria are gonna blood the youngsters, and the boys are—they've been pretty much told that your services are no longer required in Red Ball. We don't think you're a realistic chance of getting a bag of green again, so we're gonna go with youth. So sorry. I'll see you at the Blues, boys. <laughs> we'll see you at the Blues. Um, no, I—I I don't know. I kind of just like the that safety net of Aaron Finch a little bit. I do like Aaron Finch quite a lot, and I think that he. If he finds his finds his hands, as Steve Smith would say, do a bit of shadow batting, he might might full be kit. all right. Mm, full full kit. kit, yeah, you got to be full kit. Um, what do you reckon, Gussie? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm a big Glenn Maxwell fan, so I think one of the biggest injustices is that in in, in Australian cricket and cricket in general is that we've never seen Glenn Maxwell in a, a home Test series. Whereas yeah. he's had the one in Sri Lanka. So oh, he's Lanka. done okay in India. He batted he's three in India and made a ton in there in one game. 
and yet we've never seen a home test series with Glenn Maxwell in the side. I think that's that's a bit disappointing. But I'd like to see Glenn Maxwell in there. I think he fits that number five mould um, that Matty Wade's trying to play at the moment. To be fair, Matty Wade did... I thought he played all right as an opener. Maybe a little bit too aggressive, but... Um, yeah, I just want to... I want to see Jai Richardson in there, mm. I reckon. I do like Jai Richardson. I like Jai Richardson. I think Jai Richardson and Michael Nisa will definitely be on that tour. Well, um, Jimmy Pattinson just keeps getting Jimmy injured. Pattinson will be there or thereabouts. I... I think, like, just back briefly on the test match, I think you could tell on that fifth day of the third test match in Sydney that Stark looked tired. He was... And he, he, was, he just looked cooked. Yeah. Um, he, he had the time off. He didn't go to the IPL to give himself some time off to mm. refresh, but he just looked cooked. So I mm. think, like, Langer's Lang cops and... Flack and he said, Well, who else? Like, you know, yeah, if you pick Nisa and Nisa gets tonked or doesn't take wickets, then you say, Then you say, Well, why didn't you pick Stark? Mm. Tried and tested, but Stark did just look tired and he just lacked that killer instinct. So, Mm. I think having said that, it could could be time for a Jai Richardson or a Nisa. It could be. Uh, in that last, he got in his last bowling spell, he was none for 39 or four overs, and we. That just speaks, as an opening bowler, that speaks, yuck. Mm. That's gross. Get him out of the side. Strip him of his bag of greens. Um, but he was bowling at 145 clicks. And he was attacking the stumps. With a hamstring niggle as well. So yeah. was he was he fucked? Or was he still bowling to a plan that didn't suit the rhythm that he was yeah. in? Mm. You know how bowlers get in that little bit of a, like, this is this is what I want to bowl them, but I can't bowl that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so no, I I think it is probably the time for just a look in, just yeah. a look in. Yeah. In a South African tour that riddled mean with that riddled with COVID as well. Like yeah, this is I, this is pretty much a yeah, write off. Send Joe Richardson over. <laughs> send the bogeys over. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Make sure the boys. Make sure Paddy but, Cummins comes <laughs> <gets> home. <laughs> We still Raffy need him. We, yeah, Raffy <laughs> suit. We still need him to be Prime Minister and James Bond and yeah, open yeah. the bowling. And so Australian of the Year and everything. We and we can't jeopardise no. that by sending him over to a COVID-riddled <laughs> South Africa with some no. weird strains going on. No, it's just that that makes me seriously scared. Seriously scared. But um, yeah, this and then this this always creates the issue of like, or you see all the the old Australian players going, oh, we we just don't want to hand out baggy greens like back in the day. You had to. You had to earn your baggy green, but now they they feel like a lot of the older test players feel like you know they're just handing out baggy greens and the um the uh what's it no the um prestige of the baggy green is declining mm. because of the experimentation with the Australian test team, but it's it's got to be that way almost. Like you, I think actually talking I, about I think the prestige, we could, have, we could have missed a trick with limited X. Uh, what was it? Experimentation. Like yeah. I think there just might have been an opportunity. Mm. Talking about um, the prestige of the baggy green, has anyone ever actually had a close-up look of the state of Joshy Hazelwood's baggy green? No. Looks like he's been at the pub with it on and a couple of people put cigarette butts out <laughs> on the lid of it. Wait, it's wait, disgusting. Wait, it's gross. It doesn't it look like it's been even remotely looked after <laughs> yeah. at all. And was it him and Nathan Lyon who got photographed with the darts in the It was ear? Jackson Bird Jackson and Bird Nathan, and Nathan Lyon. Lyon. So yeah. that is a real possibility that yeah, there, were, yeah. there was some... some 
some uh, Jackson Bird some would probably be on baggy green. Action. He would probably be the only one who could actually reach the top yeah. of Josh Hazelwood's head to yeah. put that a is, butt out. That is on. True. So it, I'm going to back Birdie. Think, I'm going to put, put Birdie under the yeah. bus there. Well, <laughs> I could actually see uh, Joshy Hazelwood as a little bit of a, a chuffer. Oh uh, yeah, occasionally. country boy. I mean, far more than a wife kind of material. Um, so this is some just, saying. Can, that, so you're actually just listening to the great cricketer. I am just going to say that's all I did all day today. Um, this is quite Ian Higgins. Uh, Josh Hazelwood was once pictured at his home club running into bowl with a piece of straw in his mouth. <laughs> that's that's so accurate. I don't need to see any evidence of that. Awesome. I know that's true. Awesome. Hamworth, Armadale yeah. behaviour if I've ever yeah, seen Yeah, I could see sort of like, I can't exactly remember where Glenn McGrath's from. but Dubbo. This Dubbo, yeah, Dubbo, yeah. I can yeah. imagine Glenn McGrath doing the same sort of yeah, thing. Like, like, they're just a clone. They're just country the, boys who <laughs> run in, in let it go pretty high, <laughs> put it on a spot, nip it away every now and then. Knock the camera well. off every now and then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Quick, quick shout out to my mate's dad, uh, George Cross, his, his, dad, his old man, Greg Cross, who... Held every, apparently this is according to him. He held every <laughs> athletic school record at whatever it is, Dubbo High or whatever the high school is. And then Glenn McGrath came along and then broke all of his records. So, yeah, quick shout out to Greg Cross. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Like That's that. good gear. Um, oh. So three things I want to take out of this test match for Australian cricket team. Just Let's, before we just to on. sum it up. Yeah. Just to sum it up. Uh, going to the next test match, I want to see. Australia batting in partnerships. The only people that I reckon I saw that were actually comfortable batting together was Marnus Labuschagne and Steve Smith. And that's because mm. they're the two rarest units you could find in Australia. Other than <laughs> that... Not cricketers, Australia. In Australia. Other than that, I felt a little bit uncomfortable. When Cameron Green was batting with Steve Smith, Cameron Green's just hit a nice little drop and run to get off the mark. He's got halfway down the pitch, which takes a while from a 200-centimetre giant. <laughs> and Steve Smith is sending back... No, Smithy. Just help, Run, the, help the kid out. <laughs> help him out. He just wants to get off strike. He just wants to get off the duck. Yeah. Um, so batting in partnerships is big for me. Uh, I think that we didn't do that well enough this test match. Second thing, bowling to a plan. Bowling to the plan specifically. And if that plan doesn't work, changing the plan. The plan is shit. <laughs> the plan is shit like it was. For the whole test series, apart from that one innings where we got none, all out for 36, it didn't work. Change the fucking thing. And then Tee the third marks. thing, the third thing, variation. Variation in the bowling. We bowl the same shit every time. Mitchell Stark went for runs from Shubman Gill because he bowled the same fucking line and the same fucking speed every time. Change it. Not good enough. I'm disappointed. I'm angry. I'm sad. <laughs> it's a sad day in Australian history, and it needs to change. And Parks has also had a terrible day at work, as you can probably tell. <laughs> <laughs> on to the next subject. Oh, Come on. All right. So again, the big bash just keeps on rolling and rolling. More colours rolling winning at the moment. And rolling. And rolling. And rolling. At the moment, pink is winning. Or didn't, magen- magenta. magenta. Didn't Magenta go for 230 But they have literally just scored <laughs> 20 minutes ago. They've been tonked for 230 runs. Is that the highest score in against the history? Yes, it is the highest score in BBL. Score. Thanks, <laughs> to, thanks to Alex Hales teeing off at he at 110 at striking at 200. 59 balls. 
Um, and then Ben Cutting hit a few at the end too. Um, so the Lime Green team, I imagine, I haven't checked the score. Gussie might do that for me now. Um, so the Lime Green team is currently beating the Pink team. Um, Magenta. And Alex Hales has hit a few. Um, Did you get a few? Yeah, you got a few. Got a few. Uh, who else? So we mentioned Benny McDermott a little bit earlier. A couple of nights, I don't know. Might have been three weeks ago, but I thought it was only a couple of nights ago. He hit 96 off 56 against said Lime Green team. Um, and because of this, Warn is calling for him to be picked in the middle order for the test side. He reckons he's next in line, which, uh, again, as I, said, <laughs> as I said before, he hasn't made a first-class ton until he made one against Pritt Vishore and Mark Agarwal, Bowen Tweakers. Mm. So does Jack Wildermuth also made a ton that game, so does yeah. it count that much? <laughs> I don't know. I If he's next in line, I'm... Just on Benny McDermott. But he's a jet, sorry. He's a jet. He is a jet. Just on him. Who did he hit to next year? Oh, oh. That was the biggest... Someone in six. the right colour. Like, yeah. literally, say, he's hit it from... He's playing at Monica Oval. He's literally hit that one... To Lake Burley Griffin. It's it's gone. Just to give some context, <laughs> it was a length ball on the leg side, and it's gone into the car park outside the stadium, and probably beyond that. Probably into Lake Burley. I think Griffin. it was. That's it not probably even that was, much of an no, exaggeration. It's not. Um, <laughs> He's hit it 130 it meters. It's 130 meters. Now, an average six, just for the viewers' uh, knowledge, I think we're is listeners. around about their <laughs> listeners. Yeah. <laughs> One day will be yours. Uh, it's usually around the 100, 100 meter mark. 100 meters is a big six. That's a big, that's a big six. Like, yeah. That's yeah. a crowd catch. If, if, you, out the back if you hit a 78, 80 meter, 78 to like 80 meter six, yeah. that's generally going to get to the crowd. That's yeah. this clear in the fence yeah. every day yeah. on any ground. So, and like a lot of sixes, He's they do. That. They, with the big bats He's and the light, light bits of willow nowadays, they're usually going 9,500 meters. And he's. He's gone 130 meters. <laughs> it, it, it was he seriously tonked it, and one of the best sounds since um, Chris Lynn single-handedly. <laughs> the only better sound. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Hit Benny Hilfenhaus for five sixes in a row uh, back in that was would have been BBL five or something like that. Yeah, been a while ago. Back when colours were actually fun. <laughs> um. Who else made runs? Alex Carey also made yeah, a ton. Big ton. Alex Carey. Ton last night. Ton last Looked night. really good. Um, yeah. He's really, really, like, a sonable bloke. He's really good with the media. Like, mm, yeah. One of those blokes that's I mean, easy to talk I mean, to. we're talking about future captains here. Yeah. He's... Well, I want to see him. They obviously, they obviously rate him because he was the Australian vice captain of the limited overs team. Before, like, in fairness to him, he hadn't really cemented his spot. He had a really good World Cup, 20... 18, yeah, 2018 World Cup had a really really good uh, World Cup. Was probably Australia's best player. Um, since then, sort of wavered a little bit. Like probably hasn't done as well. Um, punters team, the Delhi Capitals actually cut him from the IPL. He might get picked up again next year, but he actually got cut the morning of this game and then came out and made a hundred off fifty six. Looked really good. Um, so. That's and, good. And it's Ken, good for caring. We need blokes like this. Oh, really good keeper. Like a gun keeper and Ken Bat. Like yeah, yeah. probably like, does does the opposite of what 
Tim Payne does. Yeah. Well, Tim Payne and Matty <laughs> Wade, they're either good bats and, or yeah. shit keepers. Or yeah. yeah. Good keepers or good bats. Or he just he just needs to do it a bit more consistently. And he's like he's not young. He's probably sort of 29, but yeah. he still could be the next kind of one in line. Yeah, I, I believe so. I like Kerry. I like the look of him. Um, could have played AFL on. as well. Could I have played AFL. He was actually the Giants, before the Giants came into the competition, mm. when they were playing TAC Cup, he was their under-18s captain. Mm. There you go. Under yeah, Kevin about, under Kevin Sheedy at the time. Oh, talk about leadership qualities and creden- credentials. Credentials, exactly. Played with, pretty sure that was with like Coniglio, Trelaw, these are the sort of blokes Dylan he was Shield. playing with. Yeah. yeah. Um, his best mate was Dylan Shield, actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Alex Carey. Yeah. Um, and then my only other takeaway from the BBL, it's it was, it's just been on, and I've had nothing to do. So I've actually mm. tuned in the last couple of nights. Um, old Slug Webster, Bo Webster, um, <laughs> Slug, Slug. Wonder why he's called <laughs> that. Um, and Mackenzie Harvey, the mm. nephew of Ian Harvey, Ian the Freak Harvey, who is a quite a good and accomplished um, Australian. Short form cricketer, they're in a roundabout circa 2000. Um, they came up clutch. Harvey hit, like, the Renegades were genuinely gone, like, had no chance of um, even being in this game. And he just came out and just absolutely took it to him and played bloody well. So he's one who has sort of only come on the last couple of games, like, last couple of weeks. He hit 47 off 21. Webster hit 22 off nine. And it looked like the Stars were just going to cruise to victory. And the Renegades have, yeah, because on the back of Harvey and Webster, got a really good win. Um, yeah. they're, still the well, they're still well and truly anchored to the bottom of the ladder. Oh. And they're completely out of finals contention. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, my last thing on the BBL, I just remembered it then. Yep. Adam Milne? Yep. Milne? Yep. <laughs> He bowls gas. Bowls gas, yeah. He bowls proper He's gas. He's a New Zealander. Mm. Yeah. He bowls, like, I saw him the other night, and he, you know, he, like, Ben Cutting is a good example. Ben Cutting grunts when he bowls a slow ball. I don't know whether it's to throw the batsman off or something like that. It's it's quite annoying. Um, but <laughs> Milne comes in, grunts, and bowls 150 clicks. Yeah. And... Well warranted, I feel. Both mm. <laughs> wheels, both genuine wheels. wheels. Um, but he's he's now he's currently none for twelve off two overs. Uh, are the are they gonna win easy? Uh, three for eighty seven. Yeah. They need one hundred and forty six off ten probably. Yeah. Um, Philippi out. Yeah, he's out. Is he? Yeah, he is. Moises, Moises, Horikes, and Jordan Silk, the best fieldsman. In all of history. According to Ricky Ponting. <laughs> he is pretty awesome. Actually, talking about great fielding, Michael Neeser's catch last night. Oh, that was outrageous. <laughs> oh, that, that was, was so good. Sick. he come back in after sitting his ass on the bench for Australia for the last <laughs> five weeks. <laughs> and then he's come back in to play one BBL game. Took an absolute screamer. An absolute screamer. To finish the so game, yeah, it was hit. I'll walk off one was, hand Yeah, literally. Just like a mic drop. Yeah, it was. Um, they obliterated it was hit the heat. Eight, ten meters wide of him to his left hand, his right hander, and he's just gone full straight, full stretch, just clunked it. This Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. style, just full, just plucked it. Um, I don't know about you lads. That's about all I've got for the 
bright lights coloured Australian domestic yep. clothing. Yep. Um, Battle I've got for the hue in the distance. And then <laughs> just to quickly wrap up, probably we've nearly would have spent four hours on it, but just to wrap up the cricket, um, I believe it was last week, maybe the week before, that we were saying Joe Root's definitely not a big boy. Like, no way is he in the Coley Williamson yeah, um, no. Smith conversation. He's come out and made 228 against Sri Lanka, led England to a seven-wicket win. Um, but Dom Best took five wickets in an innings, eight for the match. Jack Leach took five for, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm looking through the Sri Lankan side, and in fairness, I know a couple of them, Kushal Pereira and Tiramana and Kushal Mendes. Mendes, yeah. But there's, it's not jumping out at me as a great, like, team. I don't know any of the bowlers. Um, that's Dilra. That's not oh. not the one you're thinking of. No. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. They're like, good on him. Joey's putting his hand up. Maybe he's still in the big yeah. four, but what are your thoughts, Gussie? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Is it... <laughs> and you look at his uh, his most recent innings and, you know, how, like how many low scores did he make in a row? Like, he made, he made a fair few. He looked, looked nowhere near it for the good part of like a few months. And I don't know. I think you need to see more big boy double hundreds from Joe Root to... Yeah qualify him in the picture of being a quote-unquote big boy in world cricket and we will be extremely critical of him until he yeah. does so because we have fourth grade Wollongong experience yeah. so yeah. that makes us qualified to make these judgments yeah as to whether or not he is a big boy yeah from, so, the, from the other side of the world look, we can yes we can judge him so rudy there's actually they've started the second game now i think um, Sri Lanka are four for one nine eight. Anyway, if Rudy can make another double ton, maybe, maybe by next week's step, he um he might be might be yeah. in. But let's just wait and see. Yeah, wait. Try and do it against India, then we'll be impressed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mate, you do anything against India? You make, you make twenty against India. Yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed <laughs> by that. <sighs> and that's cricket. That is cricket. Well. No, that's over and done with. Finally. That was an hour. That <laughs> took a we long said, time. We said we could have talked about it for four hours, and I think we did pretty well. To Sorry to any listeners to who quarter. have either tuned out or, or just completely given up on us forever. Put some timestamps in there. Um, it, yeah, for the non-cricketers. Yeah, if you're uh, non-cricketer, just skip to uh, two minutes, uh, two hours, 40 minutes, and <laughs> you'll probably be right. All right. I've got uh, I've got NBA stuff to get through. You've got NBA stuff I've to get through. Love, love, love the NBA. Let's so, um, <laughs> so let's just talk about the big stuff first up. Uh, Brooklyn Nets. They have unlocked uh, the Thanos. They've unlocked the fifth dimension. They they've yes. unlocked they've the, the Thanos stones. Infinity Stones. stones yeah. Whatever the f- whatever they call it is. Um, <laughs> And so they've got a, a blockbuster trade where they've pulled James Harden, uh, traded the beard. him, the beard, beard, the chubby beard. The strip um, club. Although he's looking, he's looking good again in a Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't he know. does, he does. Maybe the black, the, black's thinning. Ma- maybe the red just yeah. wasn't good on maybe him. I'll tell you what, black Houston, looks good on him. Those Houston uh, uniform uh, operators, whatever, the uh, manufacturers. Staff, manufacturers. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It's maybe. all Nike. It's all the same. Anyway, maybe maybe he, maybe he wanted good. a trade, so he, he just purposely wore like five sizes too big to make him look. <laughs> yeah, large. that could be Fuck. that could be it. Conspiracy, yeah. conspiracy theory. Anyway, like back on topic. Um, the Rockets have sent James Harden to the Nets. Uh, that involved 
the Indiana Pacers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, James Harden wasn't real happy at, at Houston, uh, and he was telling the press conference after every game. So it was pretty well known that he didn't want to be there anymore. Um, and just Which coinc- is exactly what you want from your star player. Oh, isn't yeah. it? Um, just coincidentally, his former coach, Mike D'Antoni, is the assistant coach at Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, that was the coach that literally let him have 95% of the ball uh, 95% of the time. <laughs> um, anyway, it involved Karis LeVert, three first-round draft picks that went to Houston, um, and then the net center, Jarrett Allen and Torrent Prince, went to the Cavaliers, and then the Rockets received Dante Exum and one of Brooklyn's forwards, who I have no idea how to say The Nets name. sold their soul. The Nets, the Nets sold a lot. They now have one genuine center uh, in DeAndre Jordan, who's well past his prime. Still doing all right for a big fella. Um, but a purely defensive player as well. Yeah, no, he's got no offense. But when you've got Kyrie Irving, James Harden, yeah, and Kevin true. Durant, three of the best <laughs> offensive weapons in the game. Yeah. Why the hell would you need a defense? You don't. No, you don't, you don't need any big men that can <laughs> score in the paint. You don't need a defender at all. Hang on, wait a second. Cleveland beat them. Cleveland. Colin Sexton, who is a... Second round, uh, second year player. Oh, wasn't there two dudes that were calling like Sexy Land or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. His Garland. name's there's Garland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Darius him, Garland. They yeah. called him Sexy Land. Sexy yeah. Land. <laughs> That's so odd. <laughs> <laughs> typical, typical Cleveland. A little bit across the border, over the gap. Colin Sexton has um, got heart. Have you seen that? There's that video of him where he's like, it's like summer league in his rookie season, and he's defending. I don't know who. I can't remember who he's defending, but. They've got this close up of him defending someone, and he oh, looks like flexing, he looks he? like it's like his his face is so intense. He's flexing. It's like he's defending like the last play in like overtime like he's doing in the a Mary tie Hucker. game in he's doing the Hucker. playoffs. Like just it's ridiculous. Quite, just quietly, as a very very casual NBA observer, I feel like if you've got a kid who's got some heart, that has to be worth something because you don't get people who actually care no, about no. the results. No. All that often. No. Like, you get blokes who want to go to the best team and be the best or just be the man. Like, yeah. they don't care about the team environment all that much, from what I can see. Yeah. Um, so, if you've got someone like that, then... That's that, that's that, like, that's that old Colin Cowherd, if anyone knows Colin Cowherd from the US. This is his mantra. He, he loves football, NFL, because he says NFL takes kids and makes them into stars, whereas the NBA will take kids who have a bit of hype around them, think they already are stars and try and... Turn them into bums. Try and, yeah, <laughs> we'll just, just basically turn them into bums. Try and, try and you know, market them and... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a little bit. So... Just sookie babies. They are. So, <laughs> um, just, it, it, was, it was poor timing, if I'm honest. Um, the Brooklyn Nets are coming up against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Only... 12 hours after the Australians have just lost their, their much historic. fucked up historic test match and test series. Um, and I've gone, oh, might be able to find a bit of safety here. This is a uh, big, big follower of Kyrie Irving. He's come back from his hiatus. He went off with his family. <laughs> wasn't wearing a mask. He wasn't wearing a mask, yeah. Got fined quite a lot of money. And <laughs> anyway. Wait, he had some good dance moves, though. He Don't did. you worry. He did. <laughs> 
him and James Harden would get along <laughs> in the strip club. Those Brooklyn strip clubs got to watch out, man, because James Harden, oh. They're going to be making some cash <laughs> oh. money. Um, the real, so thought, just quietly, the real loser from the James Harden trade is <laughs> every single stripper in the Houston metropolitan region. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the whole of Texas would be quite fair. <laughs> That's a big state. <laughs> I know, I know. Hey, he's a big man. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> um, so, just when I was trying to find some safety, I thought, oh, I'll turn the NBA on, see what's going on there. The Burnley versus Cleveland, surely. KD drops 30, Kyrie drops 30, James Harden drops 30. Well, guess what? They all did... And they still lost the fucking game. How? <laughs> How did this happen? James Harden had a 32-point triple-double. <laughs> Kyrie Irving had 38 hey, points. Sorry. And Kevin Durant had 34, and they lost. Uh, Harden only just missed out on a quadruple-double yeah, because he had he? nine turnovers. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so he was only one turnover away from a quadruple-double. Yeah, I had that him in my fantasy team. <laughs> oh, that hurts. So, like, actually, he, he was my first-round draft pick. Was he? Fantasy yeah, game. you yeah. should have gone the Joker. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm beating you right yeah. now. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the NBA is a little bit like uh, the Big Bash in the sense that it kind of just all morphs into one. Yeah. However, someone did a sick dunk this time. However. Highlight. It's made for highlights. It's made for those Instagram videos that are like 10 seconds long and you scroll, you like it, and you move on. Mm. However. However. I believe that however. we are... <laughs> Fuck you boys are champions. <laughs> <laughs> However, we're about, I would say, maybe a fifth to a quarter of the way through the season. Um, obviously, it's a shortened season this, this year uh, with a lot of games being postponed due to COVID because yeah. teams can't get... <laughs> the Wizards, man. Teams can't play with six people <laughs> on their roster. <laughs> How many games are the, the Wizards? Have had like, I don't know what the stat is, but it's like five or six games postponed in a row. The what Wizards... The Wizards are junk. That's what the Wizards are. Yeah. But they have played... <laughs> I never know what we're talking about the Wizards. Right? The Wizards, so bad. The man. Wizards have played 11 games <laughs> and Detroit, who are below them, <laughs> have played 14 games. So they've missed out on three games uh, compared to the rest of the league. Um, four games in some instances. But uh, at the moment, Philly in the East is re- running the East with 10 and 5. Look, punch in the head. <laughs> Um, and my, my Brooklyn Nets, uh, nine wins, seven losses. Um, so not going that great, but Dark Horse in there, New York Knicks, they're in the top eight. Who, Who would have thought? Who's, who's their big man? Julius Randle. Julius Randle. I actually watched a game, I think, I actually watched a bit of the Nets. Is um, he in your fantasy team? Is that why you know his name? Yeah, I think he actually <laughs> might be. Um... No, I actually, I actually watched like a quarter of the Knicks and Nets game and the Knicks were so unbelievably crap. RJ Barrett could not hit a bucket to save his life. He's an ordinary player. Julius Randle was literally... It was Julius Randle versus KD and... I think KD might have been the only one playing at that yeah, stage. But versus the Nets. And he was literally just keeping a minute. So there's, yeah. there's my two bobs. But did he win? NBA. No, of course no, not. No, exactly. So we talk about heart. Um, and and Julius then, has heart. And then recently today, the Lakers uh, defeated the much-touted, how good are the Bucks? Oh, the Bucks oh, are so Bucks. good. Bucks. Guess Bucks. what? LeBron dominated and you suck. <laughs> uh, so the Lakers are 12-4 and four in the West and are just lighting that place up. 
back to back. They're they're going back to back. Yeah, I can't see the only people that are going to change that is Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant once they learn to play some defense. How are those three going to make it work? They're going to make it work because no matter what point in the game you've got someone to throw the ball to that can make it happen offensively. Defensively, they've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They are not even a feather of what the Lakers' defense are. So the Lakers are the number one defense in the league at the moment, and currently the Milwaukee Bucks are the number one offense, and the Lakers won. Mm. So obviously at the moment, all this kind of, there's no crowds, so you can't really get hyped with yeah. offensive players. All that hype comes from your teammates, and a yeah. good block or something like that happens. You know, you're getting a bit of hype. So defense is really important at the moment and it's pretty obvious that it's it's working for the Lakers because they beat the they beat the uh, Bucks by uh, seven points today and LeBron, you know, what year is it? Year seventeen or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Thirty four points, six yeah. rebounds, eight assists. His first thirty point game of the uh, first thirty point game of the season though. Shooting shooting fifty two percent from the field, sixty percent from three. Yeah, that's okay. He's but still he, the best player in the league. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did miss a game winner the other day, though. <laughs> oh, so he's no longer so, in the GOAT conversation. No, Michael Jordan would have made that. So <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what I saw today that I thought was quite funny? Um, Donovan Mitchell uh, from the Utah Jazz had a good game. 36 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. In my, um, in my fantasy, yeah, baby. Uh, he, they they took down the New Orleans Pelicans. Um and he went on to an interview uh, with the NBA on TNT uh, with Shaq, Kenny, the Jet Smith, yeah. um, and, the and, all the, and Chuck and all that. Anyway, Shaq said to him on air, uh, now Donovan, I really, really like you. I really like how you play. Um, but you're just not good enough to take the next level. Like you're not good enough to go to the next level. And Donovan was like, um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and Shaq just goes, you know what I'm trying to say to you? I'm trying to like hype you up. And he's like, yeah, no, it's all right. And then just kind of took the headphones off and walked away. <laughs> Shaq is as good a hype man as Shubman Gill's dad. <laughs> <laughs> is Shaq secretly Shubman Gill's dad? <laughs> it could be. That is outrageous. <laughs> you played awesome tonight, but yeah. I just... Think you're a bit no, no, shit no, no, to no. be good. No, 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 not even like you played awesome tonight. He's like, you're one of my favorite players in the league at the moment. You're playing like out of this world. Your playoff season, la- yeah, your playoff last session year. last the bubble oh, last year in the bubble was off tap, but you're just not good enough to take the next level. And Donovan's just copped it on the chin. <laughs> He's just gone. That's rough. All right, <laughs> no worries. So uh, Donovan Mitchell's playing playing good basketball, and I had a great multi on today. I had uh, KCP to have three threes. Got that easy, but you got that before half time uh, with the Lakers the win. Uh, I then had Donovan Mitchell over twenty five points in Utah to win. That got got up. Easy. How much? Love easy it. money. Love it. Uh, <laughs> and then the next one, the last one to finish off the multi, James Wiseman over ten points in Golden State to beat the Knicks. Sure money. Come on, baby. Knicks have whacked him. The Knicks whacked him. Smoke. James James Wiseman got fifteen points, so he got my got my quota. But 
Steph Curry and his 30 points just couldn't get it done. Mm. Kelly Oubre, my... Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this My most improved oh. of, uh, of the season. <laughs> Seven points, two of 11 from the field. Two uh, of no, 11. None from four from three. <laughs> so he shot 18.2% for the day. Oh, um, so I'm just going to... I think that, uh, again, we'll reference, we'll give Matty Mallon a shout out again. Um, it might have been a good offload for the Suns. Might have been. Yeah. Might have been. <laughs> it was very good. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, Kelly Oubre's junk time. And, it happens. Um, yeah, it happens. Okay, yes. so we better move on before it gets too late. So, uh, Australian Open. The Australian Open. Oh, actually, no, just before we move to that, uh, just to finish on the American sport, the NFL. I know next to nothing um, other than Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady I assume is yeah. still good and maybe Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is still getting yeah. around yes have you heard of Woo. Josh Allen no Josh so I'm Allen. three I'm three from four you're three yeah. from four in the in the four teams that are playing in the playoffs yeah. so tell me something about it so um, our NFL playoffs obviously Tom Brady the GOAT um, last week beats Drew Brees a fellow Hall of mm. Famer future mm. Hall of Famer is this the last time we see Drew Brees on an NFL field? Most likely. Um, I actually did see, though, there was a, such a wholesome moment when Tommy Brady mm. just went out there with... Uh, it was just Tom Brady and Drew Brees and his maybe two sons. Yeah. And he just went out there and just like got around him and said good day to his kids and then threw a touchdown pass to one of Drew Brees' kids and... Like, that was just wholesome and good. Yeah. Just a couple of legends doing their thing. There's a, there's a couple of goats just hanging out. Yeah. You'd love yeah. to see it. you absolutely love to see it. Make a goat farm out of it. Absolute goat farm. Out, yeah, out of the NFL. There's so many goats in the NFL, but it's, you know, it gets thrown around a lot these days. The old goat tag, but... It does. Genuinely, like, very exciting week for the NFL playoffs. you got two veterans going at it in uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and you got two of the most exciting young quarterbacks going at it in the other game with Josh Allen and maybe Patrick Mahomes we don't know he's he was um, pulled out of the last game with a concussion I don't know how serious that is will he play it's a big out it's a big out massive out the Um, the MVP so just so just so people know uh, so Tom Brady gets associated with the New England Patriots quite a lot because that's where his glory days were. Yeah. Was it pick... Just pick 140-something or whatever it was. Yeah. So just so people know, he's no longer at the New Orleans Patriots. New Orleans. New England Patriots. (laughs) The other new... New England Patriots. Who is new? Uh, He is now at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs. And he is playing... Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Kansas City Chiefs playing... The Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. God, that's a great name. What are our tips for this week? Go I, I'm going... I'm going... Um, I know Tom's going in the other game, but I'm going... I'm going Green Bay. I'm going Green Bay in the Green Bay Bucks game, and I'm going... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, th- like, I'm gonna throw this out. This is a, um, a bit of a controversial one. It's probably the not the favorite of the two, but I'm going the Buffalo Bills in the other one. Josh Allen has had an absolute fire season. Third year player, like absolute breakout year, just out of nowhere, has just become like an elite quarterback in the NFL in his third year, out of seemingly nowhere. 
And he wear he wore shorts at training camp, which is something that's not usually done in the NFL. So, shout out to Josh Allen for wearing shorts. Well, I like it. I'm, the rarer the better. The rarer the better. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Green Bay Packers, but I'm gonna go with Kansas City. Kansas City, I'm yeah. a big fan of the Chiefs. I yeah. really like Pat, Patty Mahomes. Um, yeah, and Andy Reid. Quick shout out to Andy Reid, the coach, head coach there at the Kansas City Chiefs. Absolute, like like all time, Hall of Famer. Coach, like legend of the game, done a, done a good job. Love to see Kansas, Kansas City go back to back. Yeah. Uh, if not, I'd love to see um, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah. 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 That love would be to a see fairy tale. Braids and um, Gronkowski. Yeah. Get, uh, yeah. Get and, and Gronkowski could dint another Lombardi trophy. Yeah. The he tried to, I don't know what it was, but he tried he tried to use when um, New England. One one of their many Super Bowls back in the day. He tried to tried to use the Lombardi Trophy, which is like the championship trophy, as a baseball bat against maybe a baseball, maybe it was a can of beer. I don't really know, but he put a massive dent in this like legendary trophy that will be forever displayed in New England. And I can't wait to see that happen again in Tampa Bay if they do get up. Yeah. And solely based off that. I'm um, going Tampa Bay. Yeah. And I'm also going to back the Buffalo Bills because yeah, the they've got Bills. an awesome name. <laughs> yeah. And that's our American sport yeah. rap. Woo! Um, I think we should just really quickly. Really quickly. Really we've got quickly. two more points. So we've got the Oz Open Tennis. Um, they're just coming in in flocks. They're bringing COVID in flocks. Yeah. I don't know if they're all complaining. I don't know. But Novak is kicking up an absolute stink. The little entitled was, prick. Was it only three days they had to quarantine? No. So initially it was going to be like three or four days unless yeah. someone, someone on their flight came back and tested positive, yeah. which has happened. So yeah. now they're in 14 days quarantine. Novak's, just some of Novak's demands was he expected slash demanded that every player should be entitled to a private house <laughs> with a tennis court. All right, Novak, let's just find... How many are we talking? Hundreds. Probably 200. Yeah. Private estates with tennis courts for you to quarantine in. Yeah. Good luck, champion. And old Dan Ambrose just <laughs> said, yeah, nah. No way. Dakota <laughs> um, Dan Ambrose. And Pack your bags and go home, champion. Yeah, yeah. literally. literally. Um, go home. If you don't like it, piss off. Nick Kyrgios, who I'm getting more and more and more time for. Yeah, I, I reckon, love Nick I reckon he's, he's just misunderstood. And I reckon... <laughs> I love him. I reckon we... Personally... <laughs> personally, I just love someone showing a bit of character. Yeah. And so he's just come out on Twitter and called him a tool. And then also Bernard Tomic's missus, mm. who... Is really famous on OnlyFans. Apparently, yeah, model. Might be model. maybe um, uh, Ian Chappell's come across yeah. her on some, <laughs> some of, of his Google some searches. Sort of I'm not sure. Looking for good captaincy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <a> good captaincy. <laughs> I'd hate to see his uh, Google search history. Um, <laughs> so his missus was complaining that she needed to wash her hair because she hadn't had to do that herself in five years. How hard can it be? Here's a bit of Tresemme, darling. <laughs> Whack it in your hair. <laughs> um, and, and there's been another couple of people who've come along uh, and tested positive. Um, yeah, it's looking And great. also, just quietly, Novak's comments came from a dude who literally 
caused like a serious COVID outbreak because he decided to host his own tennis tournament against all medical advice um, from all medical professionals. He decided to host his own tournament. And from that, pretty much everyone who participated got COVID. So Novak's hardly in a place to comment on that. He, he apparently he does run tennis. Like, yeah. apparently he is like... Well, on the Nick, Nick Curios uh, yeah. saga... Um, Canberra you'll like, boy. You'll yeah. like this one, Tom. Uh, he loves the lighty at Belco. <laughs> I, d- <laughs> I did see that uh, he mentioned to a press conference that you can't really call him the GOAT because he couldn't beat you. Like, he couldn't beat me, as in Nick Curios. I'm talking in first person. I'm like, Nick Novak Kyrgios. couldn't beat Nick Novak Kyrgios. could not beat Nick Curios. So, he's not, not the GOAT. Nah, that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> Novak's a tool. I can't stand yeah. him. But what makes you say that? Like, what makes you the judge of being the GOAT? I don't, I'm not judging if he's the GOAT. I'm just uh, saying no, no, not you, as in oh, yeah. Nick Kyrgios. I reckon the GOAT is just an open and ever-evolving conversation. Like, anyone can have their say on who is the GOAT. And I reckon Nick Kyrgios is in a pretty good position to judge the goat well, is. you know how you get like nicknames on your year six shirt and year twelve yeah, shirt. Yeah. Well, my brother's nickname on his year six shirt it was, wasn't. It was goat. Oh, and oh that's disgusting. Oh, was that pass. Ben? No, it was Tom, and oh. I nearly burst it on the <laughs> I just, you just can't do that. That's no self. That self proclaimed self proclaimed goat, is, goat is just. That's <laughs> so beta. I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> yeah, it is sorry. It's like it's like doing. You're the throwdown king. You you don't. You're the throwdown. You can't. I'm the goat of no, giving throwdowns. I'm, I'm, no, go I'm the goat of giving throwdowns. You're so beta. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, and I'm gonna say that is an alpha move. Maybe it is an alpha move. <laughs> I've had a bit. Of, I've had a bit of time to think about it, and I reckon. <laughs> good part of thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that is like that is that's good form from the young fella there. Like just uh, if you think it's, you're the goat, it's getting on the front dog. I point yourself. The it's goat. getting on the front dog. Get in early because nicknames stick. So you may as well make it a good one. I love how Gush has got way more and more and more uh, just involved in this whole conversation like it, yeah. and yeah. way more boisterous yeah. as he's put away four Pacific Ale beers. No, no, um, it, at the start, my mantra was, this is your boys' podcast. I'm going to let you guys run, but and now, and now it's, it's, just, it's open season. I'm now, just, thank I'm, you for listening to the Angus McLaughlin I'm just, podcast. I'm just saying anything. anything. Um, and just to finish up, so just to, yeah, so the Olympics are cancelled. The Olympics are cancelled. Mm. Which, oh, I don't thanks know. Thanks for telling me, Tom. I did this not give a shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm really going to miss watching Sweden and Denmark playing European handball. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. no, <laughs> I actually love that game. Like, how, how do you play European handball? I've never seen that played before. I'm a PE teacher. I know. <laughs> you throw it in the net. <laughs> um, it does suck for the athletes. So nah, that actually, is, that would be like, genuinely you're, heartbreaking. You're, th- you're 29, you're 30, you're 31, you're 32. Mm. You're an elite athlete. This if is, you're a swimmer, you're 23. This is, and this yeah. is like literally This is literally like you've been training your whole life for this event. You're in your prime right now and it gets called off. Like this but, is, that would be like catastrophic. Like you've trained, you stared at the bottom of a swimming pool <sighs> for 23, no, 23. You've stared at a black line Probably of Probably 20 years. For 20 years of your life and you, the pinnacle event gets called off. Like that would just like ruin well, you. Well, the reality is that the 
Olymp- uh, the COVID crisis is worse now than when it was initially postponed. Mm. Like, Australia's doing okay, yeah, but everywhere else is cooked. So Reschedule. Give Australia the Olympics, I reckon. Yeah. Ah, nah. No. Don't bring him in here. Don't bring him in <laughs> no. here. Don't bring him in here. If you think Novak's kicking up a stink, wait until you bring 50,000 yeah. yeah. no, Chinese, it. Japanese, yeah, Americans, Russians, Russians yeah. all, all the lot. Who are just littered with it. Yeah. And just go, yeah, come on. Come and swim with all our friends. And we can no, all go and watch. Nah. <laughs> I'll pass. Stay over there. And at the end of the day... I'd rather just watch... I don't know. I'd, nearly, I'd nearly watch the last day of the fourth test. Oh, yeah. I would not. I would watch that again. <laughs> just back on the Australian Open, the... Uh, this is like backtracking a bit, but the other, the other option that a few experts were throwing up is experts in the tennis world uh, and the medical world were saying... You postpone the Australian Open until December this year, and then you play this year's Australian Open in December. You keep, back to back. You keep everyone over yeah, here, and then you play it in January Ooh. again, and you get two Grand Slams in Australia in two months. And How we can all go to it. We can all go to it. We'll be, COVID be a vaccine. Free. We'll have a vaccine. Tourism we'll be... revenue. Oh. Why don't they just do that? It just yeah. makes sense. All right. That's actually good. Yeah. Write the tickets out. Let's get it done. Get it done. Send everyone home, and then just come back in December. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well played, gentlemen. That'll I think probably that's... do. I think After that's probably six it. hours. <laughs> uh, I think we've played enough dot balls in the nets to, to call this one a night and uh, pack the food bag going. If you've got through that, you must have been driving from Wollongong to Yeah. Um, because any shorter distance... Won't make it. Won't make it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you later. See ya.